Welcome to Hope Through the Fire podcast. This is episode number five. Thank you so much for tuning in and making us part of your listening library. And if you're new to the podcast, it's great to have you. I'm your host, Bob, along with my wife, Kelly. Hello. And if you've been listening for a while, you know that this is the place where we highlight the stories of people who have faced great trials but found lasting hope through Christ and his word and what a thrill it has been as we've been having many new listeners for each episode we publish and it's been exciting for us to see the growing interest in this podcast we we're airing as of this airing we have over 700 downloads we're pushing 800 downloads that's amazing isn't it? it is amazing and when we first started this we thought well we'll probably have Bob's parents and my mom, and not really sure beyond that if anyone will even listen, but it's so exciting to hear so many of you listening, being touched by the stories you're hearing, and just being overwhelmed by God's grace in our lives. And then another big milestone that we've achieved in this podcast is we have a quote-unquote official sponsor of the podcast. If you listened to our bonus episode recently, we made reference to that. And no, we're not making any money from this sponsorship, but we have plenty of help and and advice and encouragement from our friends Joel and Kelly at the Cocoa Bean and Butter Chocolate Company. And they also supply a lot of chocolate for us. Yes, we actually got to be taste testers just last night. Yes. Uh, some of the amazing, oh, the lemon shortbread chocolate is so, so good. Yes, and then many other products that they have. And it's a really good company that they've started, and um, and and so they have become partners with us, and 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 what they want to do is offer a ten percent discount on on all online products, and a small portion of the proceeds from those orders will go to a charity. And I was just talking with Joel last night about the charity that they've chosen. It sounds like a fab, fabulous charity. We'll update you on on the details of that uh, later on in, in another episode. But go ahead and check out the Cocoa Bean and Butter Chocolate Company. And when you do, it not only will help your tummy, but it will also help for a great cause. And uh, we really appreciate Joel and Kelly. And if you haven't done it yet, hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on when the next episode of Hope Through the Fire podcast will air. Like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And be sure to write a review on all the platforms where you listen to this podcast. Yes, and we do, before we begin, we do have to apologize for our, our voices. We've both had a cold this week, so please I forgive us. I think it makes for... me sound deeper, have that Definitely. radio voice. Yes, yes, but if we sound a little nasally and disgusting, I apologize for that. <laughs> disgusting. Can you say disgusting on a podcast? <laughs> can. Today, we have a first for the podcast. We have never done this before, but we're um, going international today. Yeah. So our fifth episode, and we're already going outside of the confines of the United States, and that's pretty exciting. But we also want to mention that we have listeners in places. We have listeners from Germany. We have people listening from the United Kingdom, Canada, Brazil, Malaysia, Albania, Iraq, and the Netherlands. We have no idea who these people are or no. how they heard about the podcast, but that is kind of exciting. So, But today we are going to interview somebody that is outside of the United States, and we're excited to have a special guest who is near and dear to our hearts and comes all the way from Germany. That's right. We are going international, and today it's really a special honor for us to be interviewing my parents, John and Rose Radank, in a two-part interview. Today we'll be hearing an incredible story of forgiveness from my mom as she talks about forgiving her father who who abused her as a child. And then in the next episode, we'll get to hear from both my parents as they share how God used a tragedy in their life to draw them to the Lord. 
And while both stories are, are very heavy, we do want to say that the point, as we say in every episode, the point of sharing these stories is to show how God has and will always bring forth His glory through the darkness. And as you listen to this this episode today and hear my mom speak about her experiences as a child and learning to forgive her father, I have to admit, it's it's going to, to be very emotional. It was very emotional for me. And uh, later on, maybe in a bonus episode, I'll share my thoughts on this episode, just as a preview of what's coming up in the future as well. But over the years, I have had the privilege to hear my parents' story of how God brought them to himself and used difficulties in their lives for his glory. And I've seen them endure hardships and disappointments, but they've never wavered in their faith. And I'm thankful to the Lord for his goodness in giving me parents who pointed me to God's salvation. They taught me to love God's word, to study it, to cherish it. And several months ago, I had the opportunity to interview my parents, and they shared the circumstances surrounding their salvation, and, and I got to hear um, fascinating insights in, into their ministry. I knew a lot about it. I'd been part of that growing up. But it was a, a wonderful interview that I did several months ago, and what we plan on doing is posting a link to that interview in the show notes so, so you can get to know them better. But the point of this episode is so you can hear my mom's heart of how she learned to forgive her father. But before we get into that interview, we want to take a uh, moment to thank all of you who, who have shared your enthusiasm for the podcast, who've told us how much you've expressed, how much it's encouraged you. Um, and Bob's parents have been part of that group. They've yeah, been they one have. of our biggest fans. <clears throat> they listen, uh, they never miss an episode, and they always make sure to tell us how much it's been an encouragement to them. And they really enjoyed the, the most recent episode with Rebecca Swain. I know that one really mm-hmm. touched their hearts as it has so many of you. We've heard from a lot of you um, in regards to that one. Um, so that means so much to us. Please continue doing it. We enjoy hearing that it is helping you, that it is helping people, and that it is working as a ministry and helping people. Um, So there are many people who have gone through a fire and maybe currently going through a fire, and we just want to be a source of support and help for them, just as we receive support and help as we were going through a recent fire. Yeah, definitely. Uh, We recently had one faithful listener send us a message and saying that she went through a fire many years ago. And, and this is a friend of ours that we know, and she told us about some of the bad choices that she made, and she, in her words, she, she became a drunk. And that sounds very harsh, but that was how she described it. And she was so distraught over a personal fire that she was going through that she turned to alcohol for comfort. But as she was telling her story, she said that she found no, uh, she found no comfort in that at all. And at one point, there was, she met an uncompassionate pastor who told her that she was damaged goods. Can you believe that a pastor would say that she was damaged goods? That's not the attitude of Christ. And it's not an attitude of what a shepherd should be doing for, for people who are hurting. And so when she said that, it really spoke to us. And so she continued with her story by saying that in the last few years, she has looked to the Lord and he's helped her out through, it, through the fire, and he's, she's drawn closer to him. She's found a great Bible-preaching church. She desires to be a good testimony in her workplace. And when she listened to our podcast, this is something that she said. She said, thanks for sharing the podcast. I'm finding comfort in listening to it. I shared it with my boss at the public school where I work. Yes, she's a born-again Christian, but she too is going through a fire. God has truly blessed me working for the public school. I get to meet so many believers. I know through my journey that God has used my fire to help me through difficult times. 
I know he has used you too also. You and your family are on my mind every single day. I look forward to hearing more from your podcast. I need to see what has happened in my life can be changed into something useful for the kingdom. I'm praying I can find hope through the fire. And we just want to say thank you so much for those encouraging words. And I want you to know that what that pastor told you is completely wrong. And it does not show the love of Christ, just like Kelly said. It's not Christ-like at all. You are not damaged goods. You are loved by God. You're created in His image. And we know that God will continue to use you for His glory. And I think so many examples in God's Word show us that that God doesn't think anyone is damaged goods. There's no one that has gone so far that He will not reach down and pick them back up right where they were at. And we'll be praying for that. A preach. (laughs) We'll be praying for you and your coworker as we have been, and we want to know you to know that our love goes out to you and to so many others who we haven't heard from that are maybe feeling the same way, or you've been told by someone some horrible words like this. Um, We want you to know also that you are loved. When we read what your pastor said about you being damaged good, it brought back a lot of painful memories for us as we remembered what happened when our former pastor wrote letters to all of our supporters, basically saying the same thing and recommending that they discontinue supporting us, that we were no longer fit to be um, supported or to reach people with the gospel, only because we didn't have the same personal standards that he had. He wouldn't even have a conversation with us, but he just tried to ruin our reputation when he sent out those letters. Most of our supporters just stopped supporting us without saying a word to us. We did receive several emails and phone calls, um, people asking um, or people accused us of forsaking the faith and compromising biblical doctrine, living in sin, expressing how disappointed they were in us. One pastor elusively posted on Facebook about us. We knew that the post was about us, saying that we were leaving Germany because we were in sin. And then there was also three pastors, you remember that, who scolded us for misappropriating the funds Mm -hmm. that they sent to us, and they demanded that we pay them back. It was all because we went against their personal preferences. But all we did was study God's word for ourselves, and we allowed the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do for every one of Mm -hmm. his followers. And we did that. We we had that individual soul liberty, which is a, a basic tenet of the faith, and not one thing that we did went against Bible doctrine. We never changed our, our, our beliefs on God and His Word. We kept preaching the gospel. And as God is our witness, and my conscience is clear, we were never involved in open sin, which would damage our testimony. And receiving those emails and the phone calls and seeing people's posts on Facebook, it made us feel like we were damaged goods. It was a very difficult time in our lives where we started to wonder, are we even, you know, with everything that has happened, are we ever going to be able to serve God again? Um, And those things, they, they, they were difficult to work through. And we thought maybe God wouldn't use this. Maybe we were finished. But God wasn't done with us. Even though most of our friends forsook us, we, during that time, drew so much closer to the Lord because, yes. like you, the phrase that you hear, when he's all you have, you realize he's all you need. Mm-hmm. And so that experience of experiencing his grace and his love more than we ever had in our lives, it just drew us closer and closer to him. As we just dove into God's word for comfort, the Holy Spirit helped us understand his forgiveness, redemption, sanctification better than we ever have before. I don't I think I fully grasped what sanctification meant until the last few years of my life as we started to study that and just really understand what it means to be sanctified as a believer. And to have the Holy Spirit there doing that work of sanctification. Mm -hmm. It wasn't us 
who right. have, had to have, have to do this on our own. Yes. No, it's the Holy Spirit leading us and, and revealing truth to us and working on us to change us for His glory. Mm-hmm. It wasn't nothing, it was a set of rules that I had to Nothing that we do. could work up, nothing that we could do to, to make Him love us more, but it was all in how much He loved us more and was trying to change us because of that. And one area in which the Lord's been working on our hearts is, is forgiveness, um, mainly towards the former pastor. And it's been v- extremely difficult to forgive someone who tried to ruin our reputation. And and on paper, when you look at it in in in, in specific terms here on in earthly um, um, thinking, uh, that man left us stranded in Germany, all because we didn't follow his preferences and traditions. Now we know that we weren't left stranded in Germany because God was with us and he's promised to never leave us or forsake us. So there were... we could tell you story after story after story of how God did not leave us right. stranded. We were so taken care of, so we're... blessed during that time. God just poured out his blessings on us. It was unreal. We're even thinking about having a, a future episode to talk about all the blessings that we we experienced during this fire that we were going through and just just talk about how God uh, provided for us and helped us and, and was there with us every step of the way. But when you think about it, like I said, on paper, it looks it, it, it seemed very much as if this man left us stranded in, in Germany. All, much of our financial support was gone because of what he recommended. And, and to be honest, I'm just being open and transparent here, that man cared little of whether we would survive on a foreign country without the financial aid of the churches that had committed to support us. He didn't care about our three children. And the, the church that, that he pastors, they committed to be our main supporter. They were ultimately responsible for our well-being. But all this was ignored when the pastor found out that we went against his preferences. It was very cold-hearted and unchristlike. And when I tried to reach out to him to seek reconciliation, I was verbally berated. But God has been working on our hearts. And I have to be honest, particularly my heart. I take a lot of these things personal. But God is is doing his work through the Holy Spirit to teach us a valuable lesson on forgiveness. And we find truths of forgiveness in God's word. And the greatest example that we can look at for forgiveness is Jesus Christ. Yes. The Bible says that <clears throat> while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. He didn't wait until we were at a place where we were lovely to look at. He did it in the middle of our sins, unforgivable. Yes. He died for us. And we were at enmity. We were at odds with God, meaning that we were completely against him, but he still chose to forgive us. And for and it's only right for us to have to learn to forgive others. And that's easiest to do when we're realizing that the reason why we're forgiving others is not because of them, not because of us, but for him. And it's often, forgiveness is often used as a tool. It's often used to accommodate the person that has been offensive. And in this sense, forgiveness is used to help seek reconciliation with those that caused us hurt. Often another way that forgiveness is used is to accommodate the person that has experienced the offense. And in this sense, forgiveness helps the person who is hurt to avoid becoming bitter. And those are both good reasons, but they're not our ultimate reason. In the biblical sense... We are to forgive for Christ's sake. It's very interesting what Paul wrote in Ephesians 4.32. This is a a verse that we memorized as young kids. And and many times the first part of that verse is what's emphasized. Because as kids, we always want to fight and argue with each other. And so we we memorized, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted. So we learn to be kind. 
mm-hmm. as kids. But there's a part of that verse that goes on and says, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. And in this verse, you hear the reason of forgiveness, <laughs> don't you? It's at the end there. The reason for forgiveness is because of Christ. Yeah. And we should learn to forgive the way God forgives. He, does, he doesn't forgive to accommodate the person that's transgressed his holiness. No. Nor does God forgive to make, him, make himself feel better. God, God forgives for the sake of his son. And that, that's mind-blowing. And it's, it's convicting because I don't think I, I personally have, have learned to forgive the way Christ has forgiven. True forgiveness is Christ-centered. Mm-hmm. So when we forgive according to how the scripture teaches us, it makes it easier, even though forgiveness is never easy. When we look at Christ as our reason and as our motivation for forgiveness, it gets a lot easier than looking at the person that needs our forgiveness. Forgiving a person who hurt me is hard, but when I do it for Christ with that picture in my mind, it gets a lot easier. How often does the offender refuse to seek forgiveness or even think they're worthy of anything that deserves forgiveness? But just as Christ forgave, that's how we should forgive. While Christ was dying on the cross, while he was suffering in agony, he told the Father to forgive those who had put him there and caused his suffering. Now, those religious rulers and the Roman soldiers, they didn't think they'd done anything to deserve forgiveness, but Christ still forgave them. And I love the idea that forgiveness, that when Christ forgives us, he throws it in the bottom of the deepest sea. Mm-hmm. He forgets about it. And that's hard for us as humans to do that. Um, it's much easier for Christ to do that, but it is something that we have to let it go. And that is so hard to do. But another aspect of forgiveness that we're trying to learn is that forgiveness is not just a one-time deal. When the disciples asked Jesus how often they should forgive, Jesus responded with the story we've heard so many times at 70 times seven. So Jesus was basically saying that we should learn to forgive multiple times for the same offense if it keeps happening. I think we can apply the same principle um, to forgiveness for a one offense that constantly rears its mm-hmm. ugly head for us that we we can't seem to get over, that we just keep, it keeps coming back to our mind. We have to learn to forgive that over and over and over again, 70 times seven. Every time that wound gets reopened, we have to learn to forgive it again. And it's not just a one-time thing. Many times we have to learn to forgive continually. And one person that I've, I've learned so much from about this topic of forgiveness is my mom. And uh, I am I'm so honored that we got to, to interview her, and you could hear her story of, of all the things that she went through in her childhood and how her father was so horrible to her when she was young. But she learned to forgive. And I, I'm so thankful that God has used her story to help others learn about forgiveness. I've heard this story time and time again. And, and like I said, it's a very emotional story, but it's a story of God's power in her life It's a story of God's power in your life and my life as we all learn to forgive. And so I hope you enjoy this this interview that we had with my mom uh, as we talk about this subject of forgiveness. I am so honored to introduce you all to my mom, and I hope her story can help you as well. Thanks, mom, for joining the Hope Through the Fire podcast. You're on a podcast, mom. You ever thought about doing that? I never thought that, but I am so glad to be here with you. (laughs) We're glad you're taking the time to share this story. 
It's so awesome to have you with us here today. Can you share with the listeners where you are located? We are international today. So tell us where you're speaking from. We're going international. I am speaking from Anspunk, Germany, or to be precise, Seebronn, Germany. And is where the, is that somewhere that people in America would recognize? Where, what big city are you near? Um, probably, I would say like 30 Nuremberg? miles uh, west of Nuremberg. West of Nuremberg. So most people probably recognize that name. And tell us a little bit about the ministry that you all are involved in there in Germany. The Lord has brought us to Ansbach, which is a military community, but even though most of our church is military, we also minister to the local nationals. We have probably a good, I would say, five different countries that of people who speak English and they come to visit us here. They all live in the vicinity of Ansbank. And our church is just like a, a Baptist church in back in the state, but all in English. But we okay. are venturing out slowly to even start a German work. So this is exciting. exciting. What Lord's doing. But Ansbach is not your first gig in as a uh, um, missionary. If you can call being in mission work a gig. Uh, but you were at another place for many, many years in Hohenfels, right? And um, that's where you really started the mission work. That's where I was more, that's where my memories come from that. And being involved in church planning has always been at the heart of, of Joel's ministry, right? Yes, that's true. We, uh, we actually arrived here in Germany back in 1997. And we were here in Ansbach for two years going through language school. And then Lord so graciously said, why don't you go work with the military? Because your German <laughs> is not doing so well. <laughs> and there was a little town called Hohenfelds, which is probably about the same, about 45 miles on the east side of Nuremberg. And uh, just a little community, but lots of um, military there. And we were actually there from 2000, January 2000, clear to 2018. We were there for 18 years. Yeah. And then the Lord decided to change us and bring us back to Homsbach. Yeah, I awesome. remember those days when, uh, as well, I was a teenager then, but when we started the church in Hohenfels, having the living room as the auditorium, the worship center, if you want to call it, and the, the kitchen was our fellowship hall slash nursery. <laughs> I mean, those were, those were some good days. Those are the good old days. And, and that God used all that to speak to my heart for German missions. And so I, I, I was just talking this morning with, with a, a group of pastors and sharing how God led us to Germany. And I was talking about all that and how, how being able to spend all that time working in the church plant. So we're, we're thankful you're taking the time to be on our podcast. Let, I, one thing we do need to say that yeah. mom and dad, in Germany are probably our biggest fans. They're, probably. They, they've been so supportive of the podcast and we really appreciate that. And I remember when we were talking about interviewing you guys, um, there was one thing you guys said that, that you, a wanted, special request. you wanted some VIP treatment since you're part, you're related to the host and all this stuff. And you wanted some Krispy Kreme donuts. I'm sorry we weren't able to get the Krispy Kreme We donuts. tried. I the, think if we did send it, it'd be pretty stale, you know, through the mail there. Um, they don't have Krispy Kreme donuts in, in Germany, do they? 
No, they certainly don't. But I do know that if I hop on an airplane for seven hours, I can land in Tennessee and not only eat Krispy Kreme, but see my grandbabies. <laughs> oh, oh, come on too. over. You're invited. <laughs> yes, us. Yes, yes. Yeah, we're insignificant at this moment at this point. And that but. would be the most expensive Krispy Kreme donuts. Ever. For sure. For sure. Well, you have such a moving story of forgiveness. The few times I've heard you tell your story have really been impactful in just hearing how you were able to forgive. But before we get to the point of the forgiveness in your story, tell us a little bit about your childhood, what it was like growing up. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be diff more difficult than I thought. <laughs> Take it. No, it's fine. It's fine, mom. I grew up in Ohio and, um, it's, it's still, even after all these years, it's still what some hard to talk about. Sure. Especially at this point. I like the forgiveness better. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, let's just, because again, too, I, um, because of the forgiveness has already passed and have already been taking place to sit there and talk about the childhood, mm -hmm. but childhood part and all the wickedness that went on. I like to keep this part short mm -hmm. uh, just to know that I know a lot of ladies have gone through this, you know, and it's not always even just a stepdad that would do wicked things, but even fathers who are mm -hmm. the true father. Uh, and it was, it was a difficult time being grown up. Um, you know, it went on for quite a few years. It wasn't just like a one-time thing. It was for many years that I went through the ordeal of um, not just mental, physically, but sexually abused um, with the family from like age eight clear to 14. Wow. By your own father. Yes. And... Um... You didn't grow up in a fluent family. It was, it was, um, it was a difficult childhood. Not only with what you just explained, but also economically, it was. Yeah, very, we were what we I would consider a very poor family. Yeah. Um, we literally did not have any running water until I was twelve. Wow. Uh, so that meant no no faucet that you could go to to get hot water or cold water. No taking a bath. <laughs> you know, or anything like that. So yeah, it was very poor. Uh, not that that's a reason for, you know, or giving or no. reasoning for it. No, no not at all. Because I know sexual abuse and physical abuse, emotional abuse, how uh, is happening in all yes. cases of lifehood. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, but this is, this is something that you've, had to carry with you um, for for many many years. Mainly the the sexual abuse that you went through that was that was a secret, wasn't it? For many years, you had to carry that on your own without sharing it or having any kind of guidance or counsel of how to deal with that. Is that right? Yes, that's true. Um, uh, in the seventies, women did not talk about that. That was just not something openly. I mean, even to the point where of talking to somebody that was close to you, mm -hmm. yeah, you just, it, it just wasn't, you just didn't. You just tried to keep it hidden. 
Yeah. And plus, too, maybe it, it not having anybody there that I knew I could trust sure. to sit there and tell what was or find someone that would believe you even. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's because, again, to um, the sexual abuse, the uh, they would usually the perpetrator would usually say something on the order of it don't tell if you do tell sure. you know you that's where the there's a fear attached to it yeah, as well yeah that is attached to you're right Kelly. Sure. that's exactly what it is yeah you know, so you're scared so yeah so i left it hidden didn't say it to anybody of what was going on you know during that time in my life wow but there was a time um well after Linda married, well after I was born, um, where it did eventually come out. And uh, do you mind sharing that? I know it's a very difficult ordeal that you went through, but the mm-hmm. secret did eventually come out. And um, how did that all transpire? Actually, that was one of the things of why I kept it a secret, because even though we didn't have a good family life, I don't know, being a kid, I guess, I didn't want our family to be split up as some kids are, you know, split up because of a divorce or something like that, even though I didn't have a good, uh, you know, as far as um, material wise or, you know, having a beautiful house that we lived in didn't have that but I guess in my mind I thought I wanted to keep it a secret because what we had I didn't want that to be broken up so I always wondered I always called it Pandora's box I always wondered how Pandora's box would eventually get revealed and and um it was well after that uh, I had been married um I believe were you about 10-ish? I believe so, yes. Uh, so that would say that we'd been married already 12 years. Wow. And daddy had no clue. Daddy knew that there was always a problem that I had with my father. But he, I never let on to what the situation was. Mm-hmm. I mean, he already knew that I was in a foster care when I was in high school, which was a good thing being able to go to foster care and being away and being taken out of the house. But again, mm-hmm. too, nobody knew, mm-hmm. not even my foster mom knew mm-hmm. the reason why I didn't want to stay in that house. But like I said, what finally ended up happening was it was what ended up being a terrible ordeal. Um, we were once again stationed here in Germany But the great thing was, what was really nice was that my brother got stationed probably about 30 minutes from where we were at. So I got to speak to Uncle Ed on the phone quite a bit. And Uncle Ed kept on saying, well, one of these days we're going to sit down and have a long discussion. Hmm. And I thought, well, every day we've been talking on the phone, you know, (laughs) what long discussion, you know, do you want to talk about? And I had no clue where it was going until finally one day we had already been talking on the phone, maybe two weeks. And I said, Ed, what is this discussion that you want to tell me? And he says, well, the night before he left to come to Germany, uh, um, he had gotten drunk with my niece and my niece was wanting to stay that night with my parents and my sister 
got upset with her and said, no, haven't you ever wondered? Now, my niece was probably 18 at the time. So she was into her adulthood. But my sister said, haven't you ever wondered why you could never stay at grandma and grandpa's house? And Laura, my niece says, no, I don't understand. And then Iris had said, because your grandfather had sexually abused her, which I didn't even know Hmm. that he had done it with her. Now, my sister and I are 12 years apart. So by the time she graduated from high school, uh, I was only four. So she Hmm. wasn't there all my childhood. She was already an adult, married with kids. So she had no clue. But so this was a shock to Laura, my niece. And then she turns around and tells that to her uncle. Mm. And Uncle Ed had no clue. Mm. Now, Ed is only but 11 months older than me. He had been there through all that. Mm. But he never knew either. Mm. It was a secret even with him. He had no clue what had gone on. We're on the phone talking. And he said, if you, if you tell me that this happened, then I'm very upset. If not, then we'll go on. I was so floored by the conversation because it was such a shock. Right. I wasn't, yeah. I never thought Pandora's box would have been opened up over the phone, you know, and then, and he said, by your silence, you're telling me that it did happen. And I said, yeah, not only now you know it, I said, but now I have to do something else. And he's what? You know, I have to tell my husband this whole time I had kept a secret from John. And so that night, I don't know if you remember it. You probably don't because I was even trying to keep it a secret from you. I don't know. I'm sure. I'm not, I'm not certain if you knew. I remember you. It was very weird. I didn't know what was going on. Because um, I tried to keep it a secret from you. But luckily, there was an event happening. And we had already had plans to go to this event. And it was just a festival that the Germans have. And a friend of ours was coming over. And I asked her, I said, could you take Bobby out and go ride the rides while I talk to John? And so as we're walking around this festival, I'm sitting here telling the story about Pandora's box being open and telling John. But praise the Lord, we were here in Germany and in a good church. And so that's that's exactly how it all came about. You know, and, um, God just had a perfect timing on, on it coming out. You know, I can imagine it would have been a different scenario had we been in the States because God gave us three years for us here in Germany to sit here and really pray about it, getting his word and think about how I was now going to the next step by confronting my dad. And so for those three years while we were still here in in Germany, um, just learning on what God wanted us to do with this. But then the military moved us back to the States. And um, before we went to the duty assignment, the, the, where they were moving, we visited family. We always did that. They always 
gave time for that. And so take it from there with that story. Yeah. Okay. So three years had passed. And like you said, it was time to go back to the States. And we literally were saying, okay, we were in our head. I'm saying we, meaning dad and I saying now we need to confront and say what had happened. And um, we did, it was a night and we were actually in the house and I didn't realize how much it affected me by verbally actually saying what had happened, but mm -hmm. it was probably affected me more because we were actually at grandma's house and that's where the where sexual abuse had happened mm. into knowing that you were just beyond the other wall and probably hearing it for the first time. And mm. uh, so that affected me a lot too, but sitting there saying what had happened and, and what, what went on. I think the other thing that was another, such a big surprise was that dad just sat there never said that he did do it never said he didn't do it mm. he just sat there and didn't say anything and it was more grandma's verbal abuse yeah. at that time that was the hurt because she and you mean verbal abuse towards you right not towards him right, right. it was all against me yeah she even was saying for me and my sister that we were trying to destroy the family by saying wow. this against him and, and how he was doing bad things when he wasn't doing bad things, mm. you know, but I was still, it was incredible. Even at that time, because the Lord had already worked on my heart. Yeah. For the last, Oh my, we're talking years. Okay. The mm -hmm. abuse started back in 1968. Mm. Okay. It wasn't until 1989 ish that it came out when uh, we were in Germany. And now, now it was yet three more years down the line. So now yeah. we're talking 1992 when I'm finally confronting. So the Lord had already had been working on my heart and, and just, you know, softening my heart. Yeah. It's that amazing. The peace he can bring into your lives while going through a situation to help prepare you for a situation you're about to right. go through. And I yeah, think so that was the hardest part with him sure. not acknowledging that he had done it, you know, yeah. but I will say it was such a great relief. Yeah, it was like have it out. Once I said it, it was almost like a breath of fresh air, you a know? burden lifted. Yeah, that I had been holding all this, and it was like a pressure cooker. Sure, finally, just you know, but it was a pressure cooker relieving, and you know, yeah, it was yeah, myself was so much better being yeah. able to talk about it. Yeah. So did he ever, was there ever a time in his life where he asked for forgiveness from you or sought reconciliation? Yeah, that was the best part. You know, I mean, I would have never thought that would have came out. So now we're talking like fast forward, clear up to 2008. So what's that started in 1968 and it wasn't until 2008 
I'd gone home one year. Mom, my mom had gotten in a terrible accident. And I went home just uh, so I could be there for comfort. And um, everybody forewarned me, you can't stay with your dad. You can't stay with your dad. And I'm thinking, he's an old man. He can't hurt me anymore. <laughs> well, so I went to my foster mom's as I normally have. Here I am 60 years old and I still go <laughs> to my foster mom's. But during the day, I would pick him up in the morning and take him to the hospital so he could spend time with my mom. And then at the evening, then I would take him back to his house and I'd fix him supper, you know, and then I'd leave. And one day while we were sitting there eating supper, he said, would your God forgive me for what I did to you? <laughs> and I was able to say, my God, not only forgives you, but I forgive you too. And I will have to say, it was finally then that I went, we never got to the point where we could hug and really be a father-daughter relationship as some daughters would think of, but it got better. Yeah. I was able to talk to him more and it was just, I could see he really was sorry. Wow. And now I know, even when he passed away, the day he passed away, he said he was sorry yet again. And wow. I had to remind him that God had already forgiven him. Yep. Wow. So I know you carried the pain of that abuse with you um, without the peace and comfort of the Holy Spirit for a long time in long your life. Time. For a long time. I know kind of going backwards in your story, but can you kind of explain the difference in coping with it without having Christ as a big part of your life? And then the years where you had Christ in your life, what the difference in that looked like? Yeah, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Um, because of the foster care, I was, you know, really, it wasn't a court that came in. It just was an agreement between my mom and my foster mom, that it was better that I lived with them. Mm -hmm. But even during that time frame, knowing that I had a place to live and it was more a secure, loving home, I still couldn't talk about it. Sure. And my outlet, because I didn't have anybody to talk to, unfortunately, my outlet at that time was drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. And that, that was my release mechanism sure, from the pain. Yeah. You know, and that went on for quite a few years to include clear up, not the drugs, the drugs ended, you know, after I got married or before I, just before I got married, sure. and but even alcohol continued on for quite a while. Uh, so I hadn't, didn't have anybody to really go yeah. to, you know, and we're not going to take the time on this episode just to share your whole um, salvation testimony of how you trusted Christ and how God brought you back to himself after years of being kind of away from him. But we are going to link in the show notes, we're going to link to um, another interview that we did with you that Bob did with you quite a while ago telling that story. But tell us, we know that you trusted Christ and we know that you have a, had a relationship with him. So tell us how that, that changed once you had that relationship with him, how you were able to then cope with this pain. 
Yeah, and, and that was great too because it wasn't like I said, it wasn't until well after I had rededicated my life to the Lord and I was already getting grounded in God's word that um I really truly believe already being grounded in this word, knowing that I had this Pandora's box that needed to be opened to be revealed so that I could get the healing process sure. started. Yes. Uh, and it was just by getting in God's word and getting yeah. in a good Bible believing church that, and I remember telling Pastor Cumbus, he was the original pastor here at the church that um, my husband now <laughs> is the pastor. Yeah. So it's Lord, how the how Lord just brought us full circle around. But I remember Pastor Cumbus going through twice because we had been here in two different times of our military career and doing a forgiveness series mm. and I had told him on the second time I said the first time I went through the forgiveness series with him I wasn't ready mm. I was still mad and with my arms clenched and you know because I hadn't gotten to the point that I was even had even at that point had gotten to the point of opening up and mm. telling what Pandora's box was, but it was the second time. It was after everything had been revealed that the Lord brought us back here again, and it through again His preaching and His showing the loving and the kindness and God's gentleness and God's forgiveness and His faithfulness. You know that that's what helped uh, me to continue to grow and and just. Um, yeah. yeah really reach out and say okay i'm ready to forgive so i've been sitting over here bawling my eyes out um, and kelly is kind of taking over this interview uh, i'm sorry mom um, um you know how much i love you and i love how you have always pointed people to god and i know for some people who have gone through something that you have gone through, it might be very difficult for them to see God as their heavenly father. Now I know the answer, but could you talk about, could you talk about how was that difficult for you uh, as you were growing in your faith to see God as your heavenly father? Yes. The, I think that was the hardest issue because of the trust factor of not being able to trust anybody you know, um, closest relatives, you know, not having anybody to really reach out and be able to say, can you help me? Uh, when it was time for me to finally give my life to the Lord, uh, I struggled with that for a long time because you do. We mm -hmm. girls, we look to our father, heavenly father, and we think our earthly father should be like an example of our heavenly mm -hmm. father. So if our earthly father is not anywhere near, we struggle with that. You know, yes. so trust was a big factor, you know, um, having just faith that God, what God said in his word, he would do, mm -hmm. you know, knowing because if you have a trust issue, when somebody says something, and you don't trust them 
sure. then it's not going to work. So for me to get to the point where I would sit there and say, the Bible says, I'm going to believe it. Yeah, it's going to happen. It took and, many years. And the more you read God's word and you more, you see the picture of who God is as our father, it yeah. really helps you to trust him and because that, he's yeah. trustworthy. And that kind of brings us to the next question. And um, because God's word does bring peace. Yes. It brings, brings us that. It's so wonderful as, as we read God's word and we see God's word speak to our hearts and work through us. Um, and I know because I've, I've experienced this, seen this in your life, that God's word has been a focal point in your life. So has there been verses that, that you've carried with you to help you when the pain has resurfaced throughout the years? Yeah, I have a couple of them, uh, probably from get-go. Um, and I know this is a favorite for a lot of people, but it really is a lot for me. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust the Lord with all thy dirt. Because <laughs> with the sexual abuse, physical, mental abuse, a lot of it's up here. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And you will carry it for a long, long, long time. So you have to sit there and just keep telling, trust the Lord with all thy heart. Mm -hmm. Don't lean into what you're thinking about. Yes. You know? Yeah, got to give it to the Lord. Let Lord in all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct thy path. Let yeah. Him do it. My other one is um, a lot of times I call it PTSD. Sure, because I I dealt with a lot of trauma, and crazy thing is is that little stupid stuff will happen on Bring a up. regular days of life. A smell, a sound, a word. Mm -hmm. And it's like I'm back in 1968 all over again. Haven't had that in a long time because I've focused on 2 Corinthians 10, um, 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts mm -hmm. itself against its knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought and obedience of Christ. For people that are uh, going through trauma and abuse, that's what they focus on so much. Sure. They're so their mind is so caught up in in the past it's almost that, like they identify with that that that's yes, what they're identified by you know, and i had to really realize that that was satan trying to hold me down just like it was mm -hmm. said casting down you know and holding down pulling down those strongholds and i had to learn that god doesn't want us in that you know god wants us to live abundant life and live it free, you know, to his glory, you know, and every time I would allow Satan to control my thoughts for the day and control, you know, I had to sit there and say, am I really being hurt now? No. Uh, is this really happening to me now? No. You know, and I had to give it back to the Lord, trust the Lord mm -hmm. with all my heart, not into thine own understanding, but acknowledge him. 
and he would help me through it. Um, so were there any songs that God has used? I know songs are something that really speak to me, but were there any songs, special songs that you still sing that just help you through those times? I don't know if there was any specific one. I really enjoy Rejoice in the Lord from Ron mm-hmm. Hamilton because mm-hmm. it talks about going through, I mean, this was uh, being blinded, but it could talk about any of our issues, our sure. problems. God never moves without purpose or plan when trying his servant and molding a man. Give thanks to the Lord, though your testing seems hard. In darkness, he giveth a song. Oh, rejoice in the Lord, he makes no mistake. He knoweth the end of each path that I take. And, and I really believe just like Joseph in the Bible, he went through so many traumatic things, but in the end, God got the glory. Yeah. And I can see that even yeah. now yeah. how, yeah. Would I change my life when I was younger? No. Why? Because I wouldn't be who I am today. Mm-hmm. I would be somebody totally different. I believe I'm a lot stronger than I used to be. Oh, definitely. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have you have God's strength. Yeah, yeah. With God's help, I've been able to just. And then I know I might be going ahead of myself with this, but it's really now that Pandora's box has been opened for all these years. I I shouldn't be surprised, but. I've been able to witness and talk about this to many ladies conferences, uh, Bible studies. And I've been very surprised at how many, I shouldn't be, but I have been very surprised at how many other women have gone through this very same thing. And the Lord has been able to use this to help them. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned Joseph. And um, I love that, how Joseph told his brothers that they meant it for evil, you know, but God meant it for good. And yeah. we don't understand that. Um, we're, we're, we've gone through, we've been sharing our story of all the stuff that we've gone through in the last year or so. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get a lot of this stuff, but God, is, it's all for his good and his glory, you know, yeah. and the same with what you've experienced. So I really appreciate you sharing it, mom. Um it's very emotional story to share. Um, it was emotional for me. Um, I, I remember that day very well uh, when you confronted uh, your father. Um, it's kind of has stuck with me through my through my life, and I've had to deal with forgiveness issues. I have to admit, uh, I'll admit this here right on this podcast for all those who are, are listening. I have not done what you've done. I have not forgiven your your father. I, I've 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 harbored a lot of anger towards him thinking of what he did to my mom, you know, the, the only son 
who loves his mom so much is kind of the mama's boy, you know, you don't mess with my mama, you know, so, so uh, that's how it has been growing up. And so when I look at your life, um, I'm, I'm admired by it. And so I'm very thankful for you, you coming on the podcast. Um, and then I'm thankful that our listeners can hear this. Uh, I'm thankful we've, we have 700 downloads and I'm hoping that we get another 700 just from this. That would be awesome. So people can hear this wonderful story of how God has worked in your heart and, and to learn how you learn to forgive. Yeah. yeah. Many people who are listening, it's possible they've experienced the exact same thing or maybe something similar as to what you've experienced. And we want you to know that you're loved by God. And maybe you've not experienced true love from an earthly father, just as Rose has shared, but your heavenly father loves you with a steadfast love. And if you've been blessed by hearing my mom's story, feel free to share it with us on our Facebook page or reach out to us by finding our contact info on our website, hopethroughthefire.com. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and rate and review. Uh, that, that really helps us as we go forward with future episodes. Now, in our next episode... We're going to continue with the story of my parents, and next time we'll, you'll get to hear a lot from my dad, and they both will be telling their story of how God took a tragic and difficult time in their life and helped them help them draw closer to the Lord. It's, it's, it's a story, of course, that I've heard all growing up. It, it actually involves me, has a little bit to do with me, but you'll hear how they suffered loss from their firstborn, and then later during my mom's pregnancy with me, how the doctors advised my mom to abort me. And so there's, there's a lot to unpack with that story, but it's going to be a story that you're not going to want to miss. And we hope that it can be a great blessing to you. And I'm looking forward to hearing more from my mom and dad. Thanks again so much for being with us today. So join us next time as we hear a story of hope through the fire. And see God turn our ashes into something beautiful. More fruit I will bear. More rejoice in the Lord. He makes more He knows at the end of eternity.